Hey there folks and welcome to episode 69 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. This is the show for anyone who works in fundraising and who wants ideas and maybe a dose of inspiration to help you enjoy your job and raise more money, especially during the pandemic. Today, I'm very excited to share the second half of my conversation with the voice and leadership coach, Caroline Goider. Caroline is the best-selling author of several books, including Gravitas, and most recently, Find Your Voice. In episode 68, we shared part of a learning bundle that Caroline created with me a few years ago to help fundraisers achieve more poise when dealing with challenging relationships in their fundraising. In particular, Caroline explained a model that she's found helpful for responding to patterns that can occur in work relationships in charities. It's a model created by Virginia Satya, who was a successful family therapist and the author of several books in the 1970s to help people improve their understanding of challenging dynamics in relationships. In episode 68, Caroline went into some depth with the first three challenging archetypes that can occur, both within ourselves and our colleagues. These were first, the blamer, who focuses on everything they think other people have done wrong. The placator, who tries to avoid conflict by saying things they think others want to hear. And the computer, whose favorite way of avoiding dealing with difficult issues is to dive deep into detail and process. Near the end of that episode, Caroline moved on to explain what Satya called the leveler, which is the archetype that also exists potentially in all of us, and which is the person who has the greatest chance of handling the difficulties with the other archetypes. In this section, Caroline goes on to explain the final archetype in the model, the distractor, as well as offering more practical tips to help us show up as the leveller more consistently. Whether or not you've listened to episode 68 already, I hope you'll find the tips in today's episode helpful as a standalone discussion. Although if you find Caroline's perspective helpful, I recommend you check out the other episode as well. It's probably useful to bear in mind We conducted this interview more than a year before the pandemic began, at a time when most important conversations happened face-to-face rather than remotely. But I think the issues we talked about here and Caroline's advice are still as relevant as ever. Would you say that at the heart of all four of these archetypes, which are kind of an unhelpful energy, at the heart of each and every one of them actually is just fear? Yeah, yeah, pure and simple. Because of the fear, the fear... We, we have a symptom level way of expressing that. And sometimes it's shouty blamey and sometimes it's just pleasing people. But really, and if that's true, then some of what can help us on a good day, some of what could help us react less to the, the difficult person, donor or colleague, is at some level not react to the behaviour that's a bit stressful or annoying but knowing deep down someone is struggling here yeah you know that you can maybe not get hooked in to take it so personally i mean it's back to nlp again and and she you know she was satya was one of the people they modeled in nlp and, and one of the big nlp principles is people are doing the best they can with what they have and and sometimes you know that person going you know you should all have done a better job i'm not happy with this that's them <laughs> hard though it may be to see in that moment managing the situation the best way they know how in that moment and so yeah that compassion for the frightened person underneath is probably going to help you be more resourceful it they may still be really annoying <laughs> but you'll certainly be more resourceful about how you handle it 
and it, it gives you more of a perspective in the moment. Mm. And, you know, this is true for us in our home lives as well or with our families, you know, when we're sitting down at, at Christmas or, you know, over a family birthday and, and the kind of the, the argument kicks off. It can, you know, that can be helpful in lots of parts of our lives as well, just to understand that most bad behaviour is at some level driven by fear, even if they're not voicing it. And certainly in corporate life, that's true. For the sake of uh, doing what we said we were going to do, um, we'd better mention what the fourth archetype is. And, and, then, and then lastly, anything else you, you would say to help us? I like the idea of the leveller, but any other trick you coach people for how to get to doing the leveller thing? Because goodness knows, sometimes it's wonderful in theory, but how do I do it in practice? So yeah. what's the fourth one? And then any more leveller tricks? So the last one is distractor. It's, um, it, it's an energy that is about, I'm frightened, so I'm just going to change the subject. And it's the person who goes off on tangents the whole time. I, I can quite happily do distracting, even half a chance. And for distractors, they need to know how to come back to centre and to know that they don't have to dazzle, they don't have to impress. They, and actually for distractors to learn to really listen is powerful because often they're so they're they're spinning in this vortex of adrenaline and fear and so they're not really listening they're not really paying attention um you often see it in younger people you know someone who's maybe in their mid-20s and has just joined and, and has lots of big ideas and and thinks they should be a certain way, often you get quite a lot of distractor energy. And so often it's just about helping someone feel safe and helping them feel that they're enough, that they're good enough. And, and one of the things that helps distractors is just to really see them and to value them and to give them a, a sense of what their strengths are and to give them a sense of confidence in themselves because often the arrogance of, of distractor comes out of a sense of inadequacy hmm. and it's a, it's a hard one to unpick in a way and, and in, in that moment of you genuinely seeing how good they really are not all of that is necessarily being manifest right now but if you if you look for that and you see it and they sense that you see it too Maybe you express that explicitly, maybe you don't need to so much, but seeing that potential and that good quality can help them need to stop constantly ducking and diving and shifting the light, and that will help them slow down and focus and go deeper, and, and then they're more likely to kind of work with you on what you're doing together, or if you're managing them, that can help them just kind of tune into the one thing and do it well, rather than constantly be need, needing to collect lots of different sparkly things to to get attention with that's i love the sparkly things that's exactly it and i i think the distractors are most tricky when they're your boss actually i ha i have i have worked for a distractor in my life and then that's a whole different problem that that's then you just have to notice the patterns and and kind of see the the fear that's underpinning it but it's it's a much trickier situation there i think Mm. I think really important with this, I can't say that, distractor is just to clock it in yourself if you're doing it as well. And when I get into it, it's usually I've had too much coffee. I haven't centered myself. And usually what I say to myself is just stop, you know, ground yourself, fof bog, if anybody watched the last one, and, and breathe. And it's about get rid of the adrenaline, just center. Mm -hmm. and and if we come back to the idea of leveler which is really the antidote to all of them i mean you know I, really a lot a lot of what i do is coming back to the same stuff it's about 
just get back to the body and as you're sitting in the meeting you know notice what you're seeing see the color of the walls see the people around you notice the sound in the room notice what you can hear outside the room notice what you can smell in the room and just really come back to your senses and I think really deeply listen to what people are saying. I think often when we go into those four negative archetypes, it's because we're, as you said, kind of telling ourselves a story. We're probably not deeply listening. We're trying to impress or we're trying to, you know, make someone else look good or make someone else, you know, look bad, whatever it is that's going on. So just stop all of that, come back to Fofbok and deeply listen to what's going on. And to borrow from Joanna Motion, I don't know if people have met or worked with Joanna, she's brilliant. And one of the things she says is, if you're in a meeting, you don't have to be the dots. You know, you don't have to dazzle, you don't have to impress. Your job is really to join the dots, to make sense of a conversation that's happening in the room and to, to see the bigger picture and to be able to listen in a way that is really generative. And, and when we do that, we become really useful to the conversation rather than, you know, just everybody butting in and speaking over each other. Uh, listen in a way that is generative. I should, I, I should give the source for this. There's a guy called Otto Sharma, whose um, surname is S-C-H-A-R-M-E-R. And he, on, if people go onto YouTube and, and put in four levels of listening, Otto Sharma, he, he's there explaining it. And the, the two higher levels, which are very, there's four levels, there's downloading, um, there's factual confirmation, there's empathetic listening, which is very leveler, tuning into someone else's perspective, and then generative listening, which is tuning into what is trying to happen here. It's really Joanna's joining the dots. What, what's emerging? What's the, and, and that is really powerful, and that's a real level of behaviour. Uh-huh. Yes, that's very not always easy to do when the stakes are high or, or we're in the story but it, even just to know what we're aiming for and that, that that kind of there's that extra level of listening that you can't possibly do unless you're present and caring and listening but to, to kind of aim to that when you can practice that my goodness there's, there's a power to it either for a donor or or for for, for a team of fundraisers if we can bring that kind of listening and and role to a meeting we're in and you can get a bit hooked on it even if it's there for five minutes in a meeting that that'll be the good five minutes you know so it's it, you can catch it for a bit and then and then try and expand it into other places that you find yourself and it's yeah it's a powerful one to kind of to chase down <laughs> Hi, it's Rob, and I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about the Bright Spot Members Club, which is where we publish the full learning bundle that Caroline helped us create. Rather than have me explain, I wanted you to hear from one of our members, Hannah, who joined in March 2020 and who's made use of the resources ever since. She's had a fantastic year, which has included doubling the income for her small arts charity compared to the year before COVID, and she credits the club with helping her to make this progress. Here's what Hannah said about why she's a member. Um, I think this way of learning for me just fits in much better with the with my workload. You've got so many different resources online that you can just tap into when you need them. 
and so many different experts that you've brought to your programme that actually I think I would struggle to be able to persuade my board of trustees to spend hundreds of pounds sending me on a, a three, four day training course when actually there's really good value for money in in your series. And Rob, you bring some really fantastic speakers and professional fundraisers to your series and um, you know it some of the sessions may be very short but actually that really suits my style of learning so I think actually you know I, I would say to someone just just give it a go. If you'd like to find out more about how the club works go to brightspotmembersclub.co.uk forward slash join. For now let's go back to the interview as I asked Caroline for practical tips that we could use to bring the energy of the leveller to our relationships. So we've got four of the archetypes. A, we can see those in others and you've given some tips for how we might handle that. B, to be on the lookout for, for these four tendencies within ourselves and the antidote being the leveller. You've already given us some ideas for how we can do leveller more. If there was one or two more key things that you do for a, for a, um, a client, if leveller is the answer to, to something they're struggling with, how else could you could you have us go into this being the leveller? This is right. This is a really voicey thing, okay. And so it might it might be a bit out there for people, but I'm going to offer it because it's what's it's where I've got into leveller in my own kind of journey. That, that to use the expression, there are two things I think that can help you with this. One is to learn to breathe diaphragmatically. Um, most of us don't breathe fully we breathe into our chests we don't really breathe properly with the diaphragm and the the way i was taught to breathe diaphragmatically and i would invite people to try this out is lie on the floor and and put a book or a heavy bag on your stomach so you might don't do this at work <laughs> do this in the comfort of your own home lie down and just put a book or a yoga bolster or a child a, you know a cat on your stomach and as you lie there just feel that as you breathe in the stomach lifts and as you breathe out the stomach drops you can do it before you go to sleep at night and you'll sleep really well there's something about that ability to breathe in a really deep centered way that allows us to show up more truly who we are and to get past the mask that we put on when we want to impress people and the second thing i would offer is for people to find a really centered voice because it's very hard to be a leveler if we're you know we all have a voice that we do when we think we should and it's a kind of that's often the these four archetypes have a voice that is cut off from the body because there's a tension or there's a, a kind of a mask. So what I would say to people is sing. <laughs> you know, when you have, if you have small kids, sing to them, that's dead easy. If you don't, put the radio on in the morning or put a CD on or, you know, put something on iTunes that you really love and sing along, you know, with, absolutely to your heart's content and just notice where your voice is when you sing, when you really sing and that it comes from your core and not from your throat that's when you're going to have a level of quality. So um, it's not that we all need to, because uh, I was suddenly filled with fear that I need to go and do a singing lesson. I don't no, know. No, 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 all you're saying is in some kind of playful situation, simply driving to work, put the radio on and allow myself to sing, but really go for it and kind of be in the moment and do it, kind of enjoy it. And be gloriously bad. You know, <laughs> I'm a gloriously bad singer. And it's letting go of, 
because all of those four negative archetypes are are how they're thinking how they should you know i should be this in a situation that's going to make me distract her when we really sing in a way that is like the way we would sing if we were at the rugby that's when the whole the our core is engaged the whole of our body is expressing who we are and that's when we show up as a leveler so it's singing gloriously badly to your heart's content and so here's the, the crux whereas before i might have thought singing is about trying to sing better it's about doing it so that you get the self-awareness of noticing what your voice does when you are really just enjoying the singing and in that moment, that greater self-awareness trains your body or your voice box or whatever, your diaphragm, to know that it can go there. So then when you're in these certain situations dealing with the complainer, it's easier for you to have, even whilst tensing up a bit, your voice can come from that better place because you noticed, you, you learned how to do it or you noticed that you can do it. You've, kind of, you've opened up that space. You, it, I mean, if you want to get techie, it's a kind of, you've opened up that resonant space. And when we're like a tuning fork as human beings, when, you know, when we're um, resonant in our own experience, we tend to resonate for other people. So when I was being told as an actor that I wasn't embodied and I didn't have a powerful voice, it was because I was trying to be a version of me that I thought people wanted. Yes. And that doesn't resonate. We only resonate when we actually just, you know, are the, who we are. And a really good way, although I know it's not culturally the thing we do in the UK, is to sing. You know, if you go to parts of Africa and you say, do you sing? They'll say, yeah, of course I sing. But in Britain, we're a bit kind of, you know, oh, I have to sing in the choir. And it, it is just, God doesn't mind a bum note. So just, just put the radio on in the car and sing along and, and your voice will be warmer and you will show up at work in a different way. But be, you know, go for being really out of tune. That's the aim. <laughs> so this, this, this other thing that interests me, a key theme I've learned from you over the years and in these interviews is practice is key. Everything. Pr practice certain things, not just on the big day of the big pitch that, or the interview, but kind of do, do the five minutes of singing every time you're driving to work or whatever the thing is. Practice those things. But the paradox I'm hearing is, on the one hand, Caroline, you're telling us to practice more. And on the other, you're saying, be more real and be more you. But some people would say, practicing is making you less you. You're trying to be something you're not. But what you're saying is, the more you practice these certain things, it allows you to uh, peel back the layers and then the real you shows up Have I exactly. It, exactly right it's the kind of it's the layers of an onion idea that um if i look at my 15 month old there's a kind of essence of person there that when she goes to school and when she's around other teenagers and when someone tells her she shouldn't do that because it's not cool she'll learn a whole kind of a whole way of being that's very different from the 15 month old. And in some ways it's about unpicking all the layers of how I think I should be, which we learn in our teens yeah. to impress our peer group so that we can show up really truthfully as the adults. And it is very much the, the practice is about getting to something truthful and, and you're practicing being you. Right. And anybody who does any kind of yoga or golf or um, any kind of dance will know that the more you 
practice something, the more you can forget yourself. And really what we're going for is what actors call self-forgetfulness. So that you can just show up in that meeting and just exist. And that's really, that, that is really powerful. My daughter, who just loves to draw, and unlike me, when I remembered specifically trying to do a good drawing to win a competition, she just draws because she loves to draw. That's and it. Yeah. That's, the, that's one of her ways. She's, she's five years old. She's really good at being just her in that moment. And what I think, think you're advising our viewer to do is, it, it needn't be drawing and it needn't be yoga, but what are the things at some point in your life you've ever done where you do just, you love to do the thing for its own sake? Right now you might have lost stop doing that because you're so busy with this impressive job and all, but uh, a key thing to take from this, this call might be uh, in, in the next few weeks, just rekindle the doing more of that thing that you love to do. And Caroline is, is saying practicing that is one interesting way that you can get back to this realness and that more than anything can help you have grace under fire and dealing with these difficult situations that we meet as a fundraiser. Yeah, and if, if we really tie all the ends back up, if we go back to that pilot of the plane metaphor, it's, it's that ability to really regulate your own state, and that is hormonal. And, and, and when adrenaline hits your system, firstly, it's about noticing what's happening around you and the turbulence that those four archetypes are causing. Then it's about tuning into your experience and and just taking a moment to really regulate your own system so you respond. If you are doing stuff outside work that gives you joy and makes you feel happy and relaxed and at ease, then you're going to be a calmer, more responsive pilot and you're not going to be triggered in the same way. So, I mean, really what we're talking about that core here is how you balance your brain chemistry. And if anybody wants to know a bit more about that, watch Amy Cuddy's TED Talk because she talks a lot about how the power of the body to regulate the, the brain's chemistry. And that's a, that's a good place to find out more about this kind of thing. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend it. There's a good reason why this, it's the second most viewed TED Talk in history. It's, it's inspiring it? every time I watch it. Amy Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y, Amy Cuddy, how your body language shapes who you are. We really need to wrap up. Obviously, there's Gravitas, which which I got lots of these ideas from and they've, they've helped me. But if they want to get advice from you, how could they find you, Caroline? So the site, well, the, the site is gravitasmethod.com. Thank you to you, Caroline, for making so much time and generously sharing your, your ideas. I'm sure our paths will cr cross again in, uh, in a, a few weeks or months time. But uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for your time today and best of luck with your coaching tomorrow. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Bye, Rob. Thanks, <laughs> well, I hope you found my conversation with Caroline was interesting and helpful. If so, please do subscribe to the podcast today so that you never miss an episode. If you'd like a full transcript and a summary of this episode, go to the podcast section of our website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. And as I mentioned earlier, this was an excerpt from the Grace Under Fire Learning Bundle, which is one of two training films that I've created with Caroline for the Brightspot Members Club. It's one of more than 45 learning bundles available in the club alongside the masterclasses and the group coaching sessions that we arrange each week for fundraisers in the club. 
If you'd like to find out more about our training and inspiration club for fundraisers, or to dip your toe in and try for just a month, go to brightspotmembersclub.co.uk forward slash join. Just before I finish, I'd like to say a massive thank you to everyone who's been sharing these sessions with colleagues and on social media. I really appreciate your help in getting these ideas out to help as many charities as possible during these challenging times. And Caroline and I would love to hear what you think about this episode. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter, Caroline is at Caroline Goida and I am at Woods underscore Rob. So thank you for listening. Good luck with your fundraising and your work relationships. And I look forward to sharing more Bright Spot insights with you very soon.